The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kurt. Welcome back to Farlands or Bust. Woof, episode 600... 86 of the series. I'm suspicious of these footprints on grass that we're hearing outside. We had a creeper attack to start the last episode. But none of that, it seems today. What the heck was that? Cow? What was that, Wolfie? Blink. Uh, yeah. Whoa! Oh, that's right. We accidentally pu punched Wolfie at the end of the last episode. I was wondering why we didn't have any doggy treats. But, uh, yeah. Welcome back to Farlands Bust. Like I said, episode 686 for your Saturday, May 12th, 2018. Saturday, May 12th. This episode being recorded on Friday, May 11th. Flob Friday. That's an awkward place to be walking. <laughs> Here on Twitch, another one recorded live. Another one recorded live indeed. Hope you're enjoying the frequency of flobitude. You, can, you know what it is? It's probably my mouse. We played some uh, PUBG yesterday. And I was having a heck of a time calibrating my mouse movements. It's also laggy again. This is happening more and more as I'm streaming and playing. Hold on, I gotta, I guess I gotta close down like everything. So, one minute! Do 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 do. Let's close down that. Let's close down Steam. Uh, and Discord. Why not? Seamless. <laughs> I'm gonna edit that out like I did for the YouTube episode before. That's weird. This is this wasn't happening before. I was I was streaming as usual. I'm recording at 30 frames a second. It's 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 just a mystery, Wolfie. A mystery. You know it's not a mystery. The fact that we're up to fifteen thousand one hundred sixty-six dollars and fifty-one cents raised for direct relief charity over at farlandsorbus.com. Keep getting those donations in. Keep asking those questions so I have something to talk about during these episodes. <laughs> And keep supporting that great cause, Direct Relief. And when we raise $50,000 is when we'll press F3. It's been said, and it's also been mentioned, that I'm uh, considering adding a few other milestones to keep this train a-rolling. Milestones like... I didn't consider. Is the uh, LEGO Saturn V a difficult set to find? <laughs> it might have been a limited edition thing. Uh, I'll have to actually look for that, but yeah. Like we built the Lego space shuttle before, I might might need to adjust that uh, so that it's actually something I can find and purchase and do. 
Uh, we got that and perhaps, perhaps, Kerbal Space Program at a, at a certain percentage towards $50,000. That would be much appreciated. In deed. Hold on, I'm just gonna do a gentle, gentle turn. No? Hmm. Okay. Let's see here. Ooh! I reacted probably a little bit more dramatically for that than I needed to. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. Let's see here indeed. Oh, we got some space news. We got some space news, ladies and gentlemen. The Mars 2020 rover, not to be confused with the InSight Mars lander, which launched e earlier this week. The InSight Mars lander is going to arrive and land on Mars in about eight months or so? Six months? In October? Something like that. Uh, that that launched and is, it is, is on its way. The Mars 2020 rover is pretty much a, a clone of the Mars Opportunity rover. I'm sorry, not Opportunity, Curiosity rover, the big one. Um, that is currently exploring Mars. Uh, but it's pretty much the same platform, but new instruments and whatnot. It has just today been announced that uh, it is going to include the first heavier-than-air helicopter. Space helicopter! It's going to include a helicopter on the rover that is going to deploy like an autonomous drone to explore Mars. So that's cool, right? That's super cool. It was mentioned and it was in the proposals and actually they even talked about it a bit when we were when we when I was at uh, JPL for the uh the end of mission for Cassini uh, cuz they were had some of the parts right there in the uh vehicle assembly area. So yeah, but they weren't sure if it was going to get approved because this thing is, it's four pounds in the grand scheme of things, not very heavy, but that's four pounds that you have to lift and bring to Mars and four pounds and space that another science instrument on the rover can't take place. But they've recently announced that it has been confirmed and they are going to include this autonomous drone. Still very tiny, about the size, it looks like, about the size of one of those CubeSats. Uh, and it's got a few helicopters, helicopter blades on top. What's gonna, what's, what's gonna do is the rover is going to, I'm assuming with one of its arms or something, place it down on the surface and then the rover will drive away. And then from the rover, the rover will relay commands to the uh, drone helicopter uh, for up to five separate autonomous flights that m will last as long as 90 seconds. So, yes, not this thing that's going to be gallivanting through the atmosphere of Mars for hours at a time. Uh, it's pretty much kind of a little bit of a test. 
to see if aerial exploration of planets is a viable means of uh, exploration. Uh, obviously on Mars, the atmosphere is much, much thinner, which your brain makes you want to think it's actually easier to fly, but it's more difficult to fly because uh, there's less air to be pushed by the rotors. So it's going to have to exert much more of the RPMs to actually get up in the air. Um, and it's basically, I, I'm, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the science instruments behind it are, like what, what's going to carry. I, I didn't see that in the article I read. Um, but it's going to be flying for 90 seconds at a time uh, with a range of up to a few hundred meters. So not, not too shabby. I think it's, it's kind of primary purpose is to kind of scout, scout the area around the rover so that the team back on Earth can make a decision about which direction they want to drive the rover. Right now, with the rovers on Mars, you have to take what imagery you have provided from the rover's cameras uh, and satellite imagery uh, from, from the satellite orbiters up above to kind of decide, oh, this place probably is interesting over here. Um, so yeah, that's neat. That's neat stuff. And the Mars 2020 rover is obviously going to launch in 2020 uh, at this at this current juncture, and it's going to use the same sky crane technology that the Mars Curiosity rover, what seemed like effortlessly used to land on the surface, but was sure a, as heck a, a hair raising experience as we as we live stream that that landing. Uh, another one of the things, separate from the helicopter, uh, is that uh, one of the things the Mars 2020 rover is going to do is it's going to have sample collection canisters. Uh, it's it's essentially going to 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 pick up, package, and drop behind just 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 poop poop right out the back of it canisters of soil samples that are designed to be picked up and returned on a sample return mission later uh, that is being planned. Not not currently in progress, but they're essentially using several of uh, these, these canisters that have been designed to then be specifically picked up by a system they have in the works for sample returns. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool indeed. Well, we can't sleep in a boat, but we can sleep in a bed. And we're going to do that and continue in the morning. And Mars helicopters-ness. Woo! Oh, that might hurt. Oh, it didn't. A wolf! A wolf indeed. So that's some, that's some cool space news. Of course, then also today, uh, the, the SpaceX Falcon 9 Block 5 rocket successfully launched a satellite into its uh, geo 
stationary orbit, which I missed because <laughs> I was out shopping at the grocery store. While out at the grocery store, uh, I decided with with an impulse purchase to buy a scented candle. You see, the house, the house, ever since obtaining the 1977 Toyota Corolla, the house that I reside in now smells a lot like the inside of a carburetor. <laughs> if you've ever owned an old car, uh, you'll know that they smell, <laughs> uh, particularly of fuel. Uh, and that, that, the day I brought home, the day I brought home that bundle of joy uh, was, was a, a significant encroachment <laughs> into my home. And I probably don't smell it as much anymore, but it's certainly there. So I've decided to search for a masking scent. Um, so I found a scented candle. A cheap, not like a Yankee candle or anything like that. Fun fact. I Fun fact? What's a fact? F-A-Q? Frequently asked fact? Fun fact. I used to work at a Yankee candle retail establishment. But that's a story for another day. I picked up a candle, a, a very outdoorsy and, and burly sandalwood candle. Uh, it was on sale. Brought it home, uh, only to realize that uh, old Kerchemek does not woo, does not possess any matches or lighters. <laughs> so I got this candle, and I can't light it. But uh, that wouldn't stop me, as you know. That wouldn't stop me, indeed. I do have, what I do have in my possession is a flint and steel. Whoa! <laughs> that thing went up like gangbusters! <laughs> that was a, that, that, that piece of wool must have been soaked in gasoline. Um, the hot CPU, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I have a flint and steel for, you know, my survival kit when I go hiking or whatever. Not recommended to use in the house, first of all. I'm nothing is burned down. Uh but I in my in my crafty, crafty ways, almost like what you saw back there, uh I found and and kind of shredded up a piece of uh paper towel. Uh, and then kind of wrapped it around and stuck it on the end of a toothpick, all MacGyver-like. Placed it inside the, uh, a, a fireproof, uh, cap, like a tin, tin cap to a mason jar. This is all, this is all done by professionals under the supervision of, of, of a cattle dog. It's fine. And then I used the flint and steel spark to light the uh my crude can uh a uh, uh, matchstick on fire paper towel and then I lit the candle <laughs> it was a great success a great success i lit the candle without having any matches or a lighter so the next thing on my shopping trip list is going to be a uh, lighter. <laughs> it's going to be one of those... Uh, I thought I had one of them, but I guess I got rid of it when I moved because I don't have my charcoal grill anymore. I used uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the chimney method of lighting a charcoal grill 
which requires one of those long stick lighters. And I swear I brought it with and moved with it, but I guess I got rid of it along with my 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 charcoal grill, because they don't allow charcoal grills where I live. Only gas grills, which I now have neither of. <laughs> Put the candle back. Whoa! Spooky noises. Is this a 404 challenge? Ooh. Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a spawner! That's a spawner is what it is. Wow! If I hadn't stopped to listen to the spooky noises, I never would have seen it. Where's the sun? Alright, it's still midday. We got plenty of time. Ooh, is this a double spawner? It looks like a fairly big spawner. I should do this much more carefully than I currently am. <laughs> Alright, and now if we do this... Yeah! Oh, that's all that's gonna happen. Uh-oh, stuff spawning as well. So yeah, that's the that's the end of that story. I, I lit the candle, but I don't think I'm gonna continue using that backwards method of lighting a candle. <laughs> Hello. You're dead. Oh, you have friends though. Who's got their money on another golden apple? Wait, we gotta... Can't can't just go gallivanting around looking. We gotta find the other chest if there even is one. And also take care of this other zombie. That was smart. Oh, there might just be only one chest. I know where he probably is. He's probably around that corner. Hello. Get bamboozled. Alright, I guess there's only one chest. So we got a flint. Look at all this flint. No, there's two chests. Alright. Place your bets. Place your bets. What's gonna be in the chests? Mm, do we got another golden apple? Another golden apple. Some iron? Probably some iron. Golden record. Uh, we gotta pack up and leave real quick. There was a spooky noise. There was a spooky noise. In the left chest. Oh, some bread. We can get that uh, last bit of health back. Ah, oh, and some breadstone. Iron I'll take. Wheat and more bread. And not enough string to make more wool. That's arranged demonically. <laughs> uh I don't think there's anything else back here. Alright. Fantastic success. Let's eat some of this gluten-free bread. Mmm, full health. Flint. I guess I can make arrows. Anywho, that was exciting. Oh, Wolfie's ready to carry on. Carry on? 
So yeah, that's uh, that's my story for the day. <laughs> uh, I'm I I feel so. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a like a like a burly mountain person. I have created fire <laughs> when there was none in order to in order to light my sandalwood jar candle <laughs> that I purchased at Safeway for 25% off. <laughs> oh boy. That's unfortunate. <laughs> it smells very nice. It smells very nice. Uh it's like uh oh no no it's a it's a it's called fireside chat which reminds me of a Yankee candle candle called fireside which was uh, discontinued and is highly sought after collectible item right now. Uh, they they've ceased to create the fireside. Uh I think they ended up kind of blending it and creating that one candle that got popular on Tumblr for smelling like uh 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 Iron, not uh, Captain America. What's that actor's name? It was like a manly smell, and everybody was fawning over the candle, doing things to their nether regions. Chris Evans, the Chris Evans. I was I almost said Chris Pine. Different Chris, but perhaps Pine scented. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, anyway, we haven't had any time to look at these questions. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get to the top of this hill, make an elevated hidey hole, sleep, and then we'll get to some of your questions. In the morning. I've said this far too soon. I'm not ready to say in the morning. Whoa, look at that. Well, I gotta go look at that next. Sorry, this music. I'm getting old school Minecraft nostalgia. Which is pretty much any time I play Farlands of Bus, right? Uh, Alright, yeah. In the morning. And a Chris Evans candlesness. Indeed. Let's see here. Let's see here. Speaking of outdoorsy mountain people and Chris Evans, <laughs> Gregtor asks, What are to you the most striking differences between hiking in Phoenix and hiking in Seattle aside from the heat and moisture? I would just say the terrain and... Uh, Everything. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, like I did in February and March, I was hiking through snow. That is something, well, maybe not around Phoenix, but certainly in northern Arizona, you can get, you know, Sedona and stuff like that. But I think I was, I was worried. Like the first hike I took when I moved here to the Seattle area... I was kind of worried that I wasn't going to like it because it's a little bit more claustrophobic because you're like this. You're surrounded by trees. Uh, you can't really get the wide open vistas that you can hiking in the Phoenix area 
which is more, obviously there's not ice, but it's more like this, you know, there's some trees with a bunch of cactus and stuff, but it's pretty much just open land. And, and you know, with the very low moisture skies, you can see for miles and miles and miles, and the sunsets and sunrises are amazing. Um, so yeah, I was a little bit like worried, like, uh oh, this isn't the type of hiking I'm familiar with. It's kind of weird, and uh, even just how the ground feels, you're walking on, you know, soil, dirt, it's squishy under your feet. Obviously, the higher up you get, there's some rock scrambling and, and hard boulders and things. Uh, even the type of rock, though, it's more that crumbly, volcanic feeling stuff, as opposed to in Phoenix. It's the really old, hard, bottom-of-the-ocean, limestone-y, you know, sort of rock. And, and yeah, I, I think I tweeted something about that, too, or said something about it in a Far Lines Bust episode when I was hiking in Arizona, climbing up a, a, a kind of a canyon-y area. It, it was, it's very interesting. You're just, you're pretty much walking on solid rock and you're surrounded by it and you can like sit down on rocks or just the, the rocks just feel very solid and heavy and permanent. Like this boulder has been here for 600 years, like in this position, not just like, obviously it's millions and millions of years old, perhaps billions, but, you know, this boulder that rolled off of this mountain that's the size of a house right here has been here for longer than people. And, like, I really like that. And I still like that, and I still, you know, at some point, I'm looking forward to getting back to that type of out outdoorsy stuff. Um, as opposed to here in Seattle, it's all, it's all trees. It's all vegetation and trees. Um that uh honestly in this last few these last few hikes I've started to feel a little bit more one with I suppose you could say one with the trees like this last hike that I went on that I did the vlog up in uh Lake uh Lake uh what was it Wallace Lake thanks Wolfie <laughs> for reminding me telepathically as 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 he does just being alone for the majority of that hike, you're, I was pretty much just there with the trees and kind of like as cheesy as cheesy as it sounds, like putting your hands on the trees as you're walking by them. You don't need to, but like kind of putting your hands on the trees. And even there's there's they're mostly like covered in the the moss and 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 lichens and it being like a spongy thing. I'm not literally hugging the trees yet, but. Like, there's a different kind of connection. And the water flowing, there's a lot more water flowing and waterfalls and streams and rivers. Uh, that sound and the sound of, of the wind through the trees, which I mentioned in that vlog when I went out into the area that was deforested. It just becomes a lot more desolate and quiet. There's no birds, there's no wind. It's it's just emptiness. Um, whoa! But also, you do I when I when I do climb up to higher elevations into the alpine lakes and things, Lake Twenty Two and Heather Lake, you see the rock 
and the rock will crumble, <laughs> you know, and you'll hear the big rocks crumbling as, as we did in that one hike. Um, so there's still, yikes, there's still, uh, you know, a lot of variety here. And I, I, it, I, I can't say what's my favorite, but that's kind of the big two things. Um, in Phoenix, in Desert, it's it's almost more about what you can see out there and how far you can see and getting to a different vantage point more so than where you immediately are. Whereas here in Seattle, in the Pacific Northwest, in the forests, it's more about specifically where you are. You're right next to this waterfall, you're right next to this giant tree or or more likely this giant tree stump that was, you know, cut down when the settlers first came here a couple hundred years ago. That's, you know, the tree trunk is like, I don't know, <laughs> 20 feet across or whatever. Um, I think I think that's the, the best way I can sum it up. Uh, of course, I still would also like to go out to eastern Washington and Oregon, which is in and of itself a, a, a high desert, which people don't understand. Not, not quite the same as a southwestern desert, uh, but... Uh, Look at that, just straight, straight up, straight up downtown, may do you, um, straight wall cube thing. Sorry. I was, I was distracted by the, by the scenery and distant vistas. So yeah, I'm, I, I've certainly grown to enjoy both types. Um, I, like, what other types of... Hiking. Is there like what other type of I mean I guess there's also like the uh you can hike up and around like actual mountains like Mount Rainier and stuff. There's the Wonderland Trail, as it's known, which is pretty much the trail around the base of Mount Rainier. It takes between I think it says like about nine days to do so. Um or you could train and, and learn to Climb to the top, to the uh, to the summit of of Mount Rainier, which would be its entirely different experience, I'm sure. But yeah, I think that's the main difference. That's certainly the main difference. Um, another main difference is the the fact that you can go hiking in shorts and a t-shirt in the middle of February <laughs> in in Phoenix. Where it's like, oh, it's a nice, it's a nice crisp, eighty degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, <laughs> Got to get out there and get those hikes in before it becomes a crisp one hundred and eighteen degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> and the de the the Phoenix Desert changes too. You get like monsoon seasons and springtime, where everything turns from the red dirt to to green. Everything's just colored covered in green. Uh, you know, flowering. Uh, plants and, and low low bushes and and the cactus are always there. Whoa! So yeah. That I think that sums that up. If anybody else has any input, perhaps what like what other types of hiking <laughs> would there be? 
Um, what other types of environments? Not like minusculely different environments. But there's definitely, there's the forest hiking, forest alpine forest hiking, I guess we could call it. There's the southwest desert hiking. Um, am I going the right way? Speaking of compasses and hiking and knowing where we're at. Come on! <laughs> like even, there's, I've never been snowshoeing, but I almost put that, some people were wearing snowshoes on that hike I went up to Lake 22. Um... I mean, I guess, hmm. There's like beaches, beach, beach, beach hiking. Like I'm trying to think of just completely different climates like, oh, I don't know, Iceland and the Arctic and, uh, you know, there's, there's like rainforests and jungle, which I think also technically like, isn't Alaska technically a rainforest? Alright, let's build the hidey hole here. Oh, Wolfie, come back. Yep. Well done. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, and I guess like some people, I'm seeing everybody, everybody in chat talking about like wildlife and stuff. I don't particularly hike for wildlife. Uh like to be on the search of. There was a cougar sighting. A reason. Oh geez, speaking of wildlife. Oh. Okay. Well. I guess that's a thing. Place. Place blocks. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I never shut the front door. Shut the front door! Um, honestly, I think I saw more wildlife in Arizona just because there aren't trees blocking the way. There's elk and various things like that that I've seen. Snakes and lizards and stuff. Whereas here in Washington, it's just been a lot of, a lot of slugs. <laughs> a lot of slugs. And birds and trees. Not not much else yet. Yet! But I do appreciate uh, only one question today, but uh, I do appreciate that, Gregator, for your donation to Direct Relief with your question right there. Perhaps in the next episode I'll have fewer space canoes and grocery shopping experience stories to tell. And I certainly hope you join us for that next time. Perhaps consider following on Twitch if you want to participate or be the voices in my head <laughs> as I record these during the live streamed recordings like we're doing right now. Uh, Twitch.tv slash But always remember farlandsandbust.com. That's not one you should forget because that's where you can donate to Direct Relief. Get us closer to that goal. For charity... Thank you so much for watching 686, episode 686, that is, of Far Lines or Bust. My name is Kurt. I will see you next time.
poop, poop right out the back of it. 